us raise our hands and worship him right now. Jesus, encapsulated in that one name is every compound name of Jehovah. You are Savior, Deliverer, Healer, Provider, Needs Supplier. You're God. We love you, Lord, today because you're our peace. You're our strength giver, Lord. We love you today with all of our hearts. We're here to express our love back to you as we come to worship you in your name. Asking, Lord, that you'll minister to hearts and lives. You'll speak to your people around the world, Lord. Wherever the need is, oh God, that you'll minister to them. That the word will go forth today, Lord, like a mighty weapon against the enemy. And it will it'll banish fear and unbelief. And it will cause faith to rise in the hearts of your children. We pray, oh God, you'll speak to us today. Bring us to the attention of the word. Let it become a reality in our heart. We're looking to you, Lord, at this moment, this time. For you're an awesome God. Oh, Lord, it would say in the Old Testament, our God is a terrible God. It means he's an awesome God. Oh, Lord, he's, he's a man of war. Yet he's a man of peace. He is one who will defend us. And yet on the other hand, he's the one that will comfort us. Lord, we look to you today. We look to you as the Almighty, the King, Melchizedek the priest, the king. Oh God, will you speak to us today in every aspect of the word, Lord. May we be anointed by your Holy Spirit. May you just direct us, Lord, to say things with wisdom, with understanding. Lord, may it just flow today. I ask that it'll move unhindered by the Holy Spirit. Lord, you know the enemy will come and will Satan will try to hinder but I pray, Lord, every hindering spirit will be stopped in the name of Jesus. And that your word will go forth in power today and bring healing, Lord. Oh, God, may the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. And the, the sunlight of this word shine down into every heart and dispel every doubt and every fear. And cause us to believe, Lord, like never before. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Man, it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Where would we rather be? Amen. I just saw a uh, video clip sent to me from Germany of people just piled up. I mean, uh, I mean, piled up just hundreds, if not thousands, at Audis waiting for the doors to open and um, trying to get in to. To, to get uh, supplies and, you know, people are going crazy in these times. Amen. But I'm glad to be serving a God who keeps us sane in this hour. Amen. Aren't you? Amen. We thank the Lord for his goodness to us, his grace. And we pray that the Lord will bless you wherever you're from and you're gathered with us today. Many um, are gathering with us. They're not missing their church service. They're their service has either already been like over in India. There are believers there. We want to greet today um, Brother Joshua, Sister Shalom, and uh, the, um, her mother and dad and different ones that will be listening in today. 
Also, Brother Ron Spencer is joining with us. Their service is tonight, so he's uh, present in the audience today. And um, he told me, he said, Brother Tim, go out and run like never before. Amen. So we, we have a commission in this day and this hour to stand in this time. Also, greetings to uh, Cloverdale and those who will be uh, streaming in from there as their services are canceled due to um, uh, large numbers are, are been asked not to meet at this time. So, um, you know, there's um, also uh, different shut-ins like our brother Stephen Frazier that's been coming. He's not here this morning. No, where is he? Oh, yes, he's here. God bless you. I see your hand up there now. But um, he uh, texted me there, or emailed me the other day and said uh, his body was down and, and uh, he was suffering from situations there, but he was able to be with us in the service to the streaming. So we're glad for that. And every one of you that are assembled here, aren't we glad that Jesus is here? Amen. He said, we're two or more gather in my name. There I am in the midst. And here we are today, and we've sang the songs of Zion and worshiped the Lord. And, and, um, I, I, and I want us to sing a song just before we go. I want us to sing a little, at least a couple of verses of It Is Well With My Soul. But as, you, as we do, I, I just thought about the wonderful song that Sister Courtney sang. You know, she sang that some time ago. And um, does anybody know, did she write that? Yes, she did write that, okay. It was a song then from her heart. And it just shows what an anchor we have in times of trouble. Amen, we have an anchor that no matter what's going on, and it's going home time. There may be trouble in the land, but it's going home time. Amen. We got to realize that we, in this time, it's important to make your calling and election sure. Amen. Be stable. Be steady. Be steadfast in the truth and the faith during this time. And then, then of course, Brother Philip singing. Yeah, he knows. He knows how to testify of what God can do to for an unsaved husband and bring him back to the Lord. What a grace of God. What is mercy? And his mercy to reach out for your need this morning because he's a merciful God who cares. Amen. But I thought, my goodness, what a wonderful Pentecostal song that we as the real true Pentecostals can sing and worship our Lord Jesus. Amen. And declare his goodness in this day and this time. And we can hold to God's unchanging hand no matter what the trouble is. Amen. What the situations are, we can remain steady under the pressure. Amen. Give me that first verse. When peace like a Yeah. 
Turn to Psalms 91. We're going to read from the first verse. Man, isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord now and feeling his presence among us? We want him just to speak to us through his word. Amen. You can walk okay? Praise the Lord. Timothy got hurt on the job this week. Brother John Pruitt called me and said, How go to prayer? Said he said, um, he, I asked him, did we want him to pray? And he said, immediately his foot start returning better. And, and uh, here he is today well, and we thank God for that. What a great God that is. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Psalms 91 and verse 1, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of, my, of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He will cover thee with his feathers and with, the, with his wings shalt thou trust. Under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high God, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Amen. May God bless you as you are seated. We're going to be speaking today on the Holy Ghost our abstract of title. And I have but just a few comments to make before that we go into the message. Some things that the Lord has dealt with me and of course some things also that are happening, transpiring in our nation and the world as we speak. I just got a, um, uh, a, a, a text from Brother um, Sergei Volkov in Moscow, Russia, and um, he he sent me some pictures of photographs of stores in the United States where the shelves are bare, and um, and of course a lot of you probably know of the hysteria that's going on in the United States now, and and not only that, but different parts of the world, even our governor. Um, John Bell Edwards signed a proclamation this week among uh, other actions that halts the gatherings of more than 250 people until April the 15th or the 13th. 
This, uh, he closed all the public schools statewide effective Monday, March the 16th. Resuming on Monday, April the 13th, as Louisiana seeks to slow the spread of the COVID-19 in the state. As midday Friday, or as of today, really, uh, Louisiana has 77 positive cases with one death already. Uh, a lot of people are asking us about the Louisiana Youth Camp, which is planned uh, the April 12th weekend. Um, starting on Thursday through uh, Sunday. And as of today, is still planned. The uh, Dry Creek uh, campground officials have uh, asked us to wait until tomorrow to make a decision until they can find out, get a handle on the situation a little bit better. And, uh, of course, you know, there's a little bit of concern as, as there's talk about stopping state-to-state uh, -state travel. So we don't know what is all is going on. I, I just wanted to say a few words about it this morning because um, some already have made this out to be the squeeze and, uh, you know, that to close our churches or cancel a meeting would be um, like giving in to the council of churches. Well, this is not a squeeze on religion. Uh, this bans government meetings and political rallies and ball games and sporting events and uh, all kinds of events. And um, they, they all, they've also said they won't be coming around and our church is counting and making sure we don't have over 250. So, you know, don't, don't worry about coming and gathering with us. You won't be arrested. We got a police over here. He's not here to arrest us. He's here to enjoy the service. But um, this is not the persecution, nor is it the tribulation plagues. Some are saying, well, we've got to have persecution for there to be rapture in faith. And because of the lack of that, the rapture, the body change is not imminent. Well, that's not true. You see, this message is rapture in faith. And if perfection would come by persecution, then the church in the dark ages would have been raptured. But um, persecution doesn't perfect the church. The blood of Jesus does. And of course, we should use precautions and certainly respect one another. There are many whose immune systems are weak or compromised. And I'm just going to leave it up to your discretion as to whether you want to come to church or stream. That's all up to you. We're, we're not canceling church. But I do encourage you, if you're sick, don't expose it to others. So some churches are even encouraging their people not shake hands at this time. And there again, I lay, leave that to your discretion. As far as food shortages, it's always wise to have a month or so of supplies on hand. That's true, whether it's tornado season, snow season, or whatever. You know, there's, uh, we know there's been a run on meat and shortages of toilet paper. Figure that one out. And hand sanitizers because of hoarding. It's fear that causes this. And, and um, I, I just want to go ahead and say I'm definitely not infinite and all-knowing. But I'll tell you what is clear to me. What is clear to me is the rapture has not happened. And we may be in processes of it. And I certainly believe in the shout and the voice and the different aspects of it. But the consummation has not happened. And uh, so the tribulation is not on. And the plagues are not falling. And this is not the squeeze. 
and the squeeze that the people have looked for, it happens in the tribulation. I just tell you, um, coming up this week, uh, I woke suddenly in the night. Um, must have been about three in the morning. I didn't really look at the time, but I would judge I had been asleep for a little while. And I woke up wide awake, and um, I was laying there thinking and going over my mind about the... Um, uh, about the seven trumpets and uh, was just kind of going and rehearsing them in my mind. It's, it's kind of unusual, you know, you just wake up and that's your, what you're thinking about. And uh, a few nights later, um, I, uh, I had a dream where that I was asked to speak on the trumpets. Looked like some new believers there or something and I... I I, uh, so they were asking me, would I speak about the trumpets? And um, I, I just, you know, in my dream, I just said, well, all I know about them is that they are for Israel and not for the bride of Christ. And so I went and reviewed and studied again the Feast of the Trumpets just to go over them again. And uh, I just want to tell you, Brother Branham makes it clear in the Feast of the Trumpet that the bride receives her squeeze in an ecclesiastical manner while it is Israel who receives it in a physical manner. So the church will go through that time of tribulation but not the bride. She will be raptured before that time. And the ecclesiastical squeeze that we are facing is, um, uh, you know, is, is, is banned the anointing it's banned all the gifts of the Spirit. It's banned even speaking in tongues, uh, which is the least of the gifts. Banned divine healing and prayer lines and altar calls and worship. Amen. And, and that's the virus we need to be concerned about. Amen. People are concerning and panicking about the coronavirus, but spiritual death is going to the land and most are unconcerned about it. And throughout history, let me tell you, there have been downturns in the economy. There's been hard times. However, um, just to, for those of you that are worried about uh, hard times and difficult times, let me remind you, this last age is, has been spoken of in the scripture to be rich and increase with goods and having needed nothing. So the last days is characterized as Noah's day. Um, of eating and drinking, marriage and giving and marriage and life going on as usual. And it is also characterized in, as it were in the days of Sodom that life is going on as usual until the calamity strikes and uh, which would be the destruction, the fire falling. In the Thyatirian church age, Brother Branham uh, talks about our burden that we face and this will be our burden. I want you just to Remember what our real burden is, what we're going to be faced with, what, what, we, what is the greatest threat in our day for this age. And he says, in the Thyatarian church age, he quotes the scripture, I'll put no, upon you none other burden. The word for burden is weight or pressure. The pressure of the dark ages was either bend or be broken, bow or die. It was the Inquisition, the power of the empire backing up satanic worship, 
be organized or pay with your life. Each age had its pressures. For example, a great burden of the last age is the pressure of riches. Soft living and nervous tensions in a complex age that we seem unfitted to live in. The fourth age seems to have a clear-cut burden. It was to defy Rome and stand up for the word even to death. But again, our age, the pressure of this age is riches, soft living, and nervous tensions in a complex age that we seem unfitted to live in. So I want you to realize this is where our greatest danger comes from. And, and, of course, it is the lukewarmness of this age that tries to come into every life, into every home, every person, every church. And, and there, uh, but there, historically, there have, has always been and always will be persecutions, both spiritually and physically, against the bride, the elect of God. Historically, this is true, and it will continue to be true. But a wholesale persecution, we're not looking for that. See, those ideas which Brother Branham said the Pentecostals were looking for were the church is persecuted for its perfection. And in response, does great signs and wonders happens in the tribulation under Moses and Elijah, the two witnesses. It is to Israel. But if you'll follow closely and see the junction, there was a major corner a turning of a corner in Brother Branham's ministry. Um, and, this, uh, and, and, and in his understanding and his revelation. And uh, this junction happens at the, when he preaches the Feast of the Trumpets. And he was to um, preach the seven trumpets, going to take seven different services and try to preach them. And he couldn't get the facilities and so on and on. And, and uh, he went back to prayer and it was revealed to him that the trumpets are for Israel and not for the bride. So from there on, Brother Branham sees the bride receiving her persecution in a, an ecclesiastical manner. In other words, a persecution that comes against the word of God. And, and uh, while the Jews, their counterpart, our counterpart, receives the, it in a physical manner. So before this important um, division and distinction is made, Brother Branham makes many statements about a coming persecution and our squeeze and so on like that. But, you know, he was like Joshua was before the borders of Israel were defined. And, um, you know, but then God, God defines the borders and he says, now, let Esau have their portion, Moab have theirs. And, let the, and then he defines Israel's borders. I'd like you to turn with me for this to Deuteronomy 2 and verse 4, if you will. And command thou the people, saying, You are to pass through the coast of your brethren, the children of Esau, uh, which dwell in Seir, and they shall be afraid of you. Take ye good heed unto yourself, therefore meddle not with them. For I will not give you of their land, no, not so much as a foot breath, because I have given Mount Seir unto Esau for possession. Then you look down at verse 9. And the Lord said unto me, Distress not the Moabites, neither contend with them in battle. 
for I will not give thee of their land for a possession, because I have given heir unto the children of Lot for a possession. <clears throat> so you can see here there are different portions that are given. And, and um, Israel was told, now don't try to take what belongs to Esau. And don't try to take what belongs to Moab. I've actually given them that portion. If you look in the book of Revelation, there's a great number that come up out of great tribulation, a multitude without number. And this is the church. This is not our portion. Amen. The bride leaves before the tribulation comes in. And then you got uh, the, the 144,000 and, and their inheritance. That is not a portion. We're not trying to, God will not give us not one foot breath in that land of theirs. It is their land. It is their promised land. <coughs> but for us, you see, our Joshua has done the same thing, you know, and he, he said, now here's the bride's portion, here's the church's portion, and here's the 144,000 portion, and we are not to try to take what is allotted to another. Are you with me? So now, it was very important that these things be defined for us. For example, if the, piece, if the seven trumpets were not defined for us, as to who they were for, we would be expecting to fulfill that. But because they're defined for us who that they are for, then we don't have to worry about that portion. God's not going to give us that portion. So in the Feast of the Trumpet, Brother Branham said, Now here is the calling out time. At the sixth seal when it is open, the persecution struck the Jews in the literal standpoint. And here comes the persecution to the church in the ecclesiastical standpoint. Because the bride is already called, the Sabbaths are over and ready for the Jews to be called. Where? To the Feast of Atonement. Oh, church, don't you see that call to the Feast of Atonement to recognize the atonement, not no more as chickens and geese and what they've been doing, but the Lamb of God slain from the foundational world, and Israel's going to know that. And then again, in recognizing your day and his message, which comes right um, uh, the next Sunday after the Feast of the Trumpets that Brother Branham preaches, he said, now I'm going to say something. National force put Israel in her homeland. National force will put the church in the world council of churches. But the power of God will put people in the bride. The world forces this way and the world forces that way. But God forces upward. And the spirit of God, which is the word of God, my word of spirit and life, will put the bride in her place. Amen, because she will recognize her position in the word. Then she's in Christ, will put her in her place. No national force will do it. But the national force did drive Israel to their homeland. The national forces of the council of churches will drive every organization into it. But the power of God will raise the bride and the glory out of it. Amen. I still believe there's to be a people who will escape the things that are coming on the earth. Amen. Amen. Again, in Feast of the Trumpets, Brother Branham talks about this. He says, um, you know, how, what is it done in the cunningness, as he said? 
He come in with flatteries. What's he done? Bringing the Protestant ecumenical council of the world churches, the spirit of Antichrist upon both of them, bringing them to the slaughter, just like they did the other, in the hour to call the bride. How loosed upon in the ecclesiastical spirit, loosed upon what? Um, not upon the denominations, but upon the bride. And here you'll get it. The bride will not go through that time. The Bible says not. The church will, but not the bride. Can't you see ministers? Can't you see that, brethren? You say the church has to go through the persecution for the perfection of it. He says the blood of Jesus Christ perfects the bride. A man who chooses a wife, don't put her through a lot of punishment. She's found grace too with her, and she's found grace with him, and he engages to her. And if there's anything, he'll keep her from every place to turn her hand. His grace is so great upon them. Amen. Now, let me just talk about this for a moment. Don't think we're exempt from flu or viruses or diseases or cancers, or troubles, or anything. We're still human. However, if we get them, I just want to tell you, it's not something from God. He said, I'll put none of these diseases among you, upon you. Brother Branham connected the tightening of the and the squeeze to the third pull, um, which was the coming of the word. And he, and he says, what's the third pull then? But, and there's a direct connection between the two the squeeze and the third pull but the squeeze isn't natural the the demon powers are loose upon the bride in the in the spiritual ecclesiastical realm and the physical persecution of worldwide plagues and diseases and tribulation falls after the bride is taken away so the whole world is going through right now financial physical emotional stress Due to the coronavirus, and I just say, we're not immune to any of that. The plague that the, that the bride is immune from is spiritual death. Let me say it again. You know, the world is going through financial, physical, and emotional stress due to the coronavirus, and we're not immune to any of it. You have downturns in economies. You have stock market crashes. You lose money here. You, you, your business doesn't do well this year. We're, we're not immune from trouble. We're not immune from diseases. Don't, don't go to thinking that, you know, we're just, a, we got, we, we, we're immune. We, it won't touch us. The plague that the bride is immune from is spiritual death. Amen. And, and those demon powers will oppose the anointing, all the gifts of the Spirit, divine healing, prayer lines, altar calls, worship. The persecution or the squeeze will be against this word for this age. That's why Brother Branham said we, we need a spiritual awakening to, to discernment in light of the last plague. We've got to realize, you know, what, what is our real serious threat? And our real serious threat is not this coronavirus. It is that Laodicean spirit of death that is coming in the last day that makes people lukewarm, cold, and powerless. 
and that attracts the anointing and the moving of the Spirit and the worship of God and the Holy Ghost being free to move in the church. And so I want you to understand that we, we must accept all the Word of God. We will not be compelled to give up our full inheritance. Amen. We are the anointed one for this day, and for this reason, we have come. Amen. And so now, as we are speaking about that this morning, I want to just draw your attention back to the subject that we have been talking about. And that is about the, um, about the abstract of the title deed is heaven has moved in our generation. As the lamb takes the book to loose the seals and then to give that book of inheritance back to the believer. Which means that we're going to, someone in this generation, I believe it is you and me, with all my heart, I believe we're the generation that is going to walk into the full inheritance. In other words, everything that Adam lost, we will regain first by the change of our bodies from mortal back to immortality. Now, this is typed out in many, many of the scriptures. And of course, it is shown in the book of Revelation that we have been through as a book that was sealed and nobody could look upon it until a man was declared worthy to take the book and to loose the seals. And by loosening the seals, he was removing the claims that was keeping the book from being opened. And these, these had, been, had been sealed down to the ages by the spirit of the Antichrist that had sealed the truth of the word away from us. But it is being opened here in this last day when we come back to the gospel that Paul preached. Now, in the Old Testament, there are many, many types that types our age. And this is all we can do is look back and we can see what God's done in the past and we can see as uh, in the shadow that is created of what is coming, what is coming from, the, from, the, 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 from the negative to the positive. Now in the Old Testament, there was two major crops that came to harvest. There would be the barley would ripen first around the Passover season, and then the wheat harvest would be some 50 days later at Pentecost. And before they could begin the harvest and eat of its bounty, uh, Israel would take uh, the first ripened grains and bring them before the priest to offer to God the first fruits of the harvest as a wave offering before God. And there was actually be two wavings of the sheaf. One would be for the barley season. And uh, that happens the day after the Passover. That corresponded exactly with the same time of Jesus' resurrection. For while the high priest was waving the barley grain offering, Jesus appears at the tomb as seen by the disciples. And he was the first of the resurrection for he was the first from among the dead. And, and of course, with him came the Old Testament saints, which we'll read about in a moment. Then there would be seven weeks that would follow the Passover. And these seven weeks would be called the Feast of Weeks. And at Pentecost, seven weeks later on the 50th day was the waving of the sheaf, marking the beginning of the wheat harvest.
Now, on, the, on that same day, the Holy Ghost fell, and it came with the sound of a rushing mighty wind, and tongues of fire came upon 120 as the Holy Spirit was waved over the people when the day of Pentecost was fully come. We notice that there the are two distinct crops ripening at two distinct times. The Old Testament saints, they have already been harvested, right? Amen. The wheat harvest comes seven weeks or seven church ages later. And it is time for the harvest of all the ages. Hallelujah. Amen. So the, the sheaf was Christ, the first fruits of the resurrection. He, he was, rose again and was waved over the people and proved that he was not dead, but he is alive forevermore. And the Old Testament saints um, were harvested with him and rose from the dead with him. Matthew 27, 52, and the graves were open. And many of the bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. So you see, he was the first to rise, but when he rose, they rose with him because it was the beginning of the harvest. The barley harvest are the harvest of the Old Testament saints. And they, they were typed by that barley harvest. Now, again, this sheaf waving happened on Sunday. It would be the first day of the week. And this would mark then the beginning of the countdown to Pentecost. So it would actually begin a countdown from the time of Jesus' resurrection to the day of Pentecost, which would be seven weeks under Pentecost. Now, again, they would also fulfill another type. And looking at the type, and looking at the types this morning, I want to just say again, the barley harvest is over with. And the first fruit was accepted. And the Old Testament saints rose. And the countdown began. And it began with Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea, seven church ages. Amen. Representing the seven weeks. But at the finishing of the week, the day of Pentecost fully comes. Are you with me? Now, Brother Branham spoke about another sheep waving here at the end time. And I just want to go over them, and I'm just going to take snippets from it is the rising of the sun. As he talks about it, he says, and it's to be waved again, we realize, in the last day, according to St. Luke 17, 30, which you know was as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the, in the revealing of the Son of Man. So again, we're here in the days just before the burning of the earth, right? Where the, before the fire falls, but before he comes, there's to be a sheaf wave. And that sheep wave is the revealing when the Son of Man, the Word, is revealed again, made known to the people. But it's more than just a revealing of the Word and a knowledge of the message. It is absolutely the taking on flesh in a people. 
Because remember, this is Pentecost. If it's Pentecost, it's where the word is written in the nature of the people. It's not a collection of books. It's not an external religion. It's not saying, well, we got the word, but the word is a person. And that person comes in you in the person of the Holy Ghost. And it comes in your life and you become a sheep weighed before the world that Jesus Christ lives. Hallelujah. This is, this is why Philip would stand up there this morning and say, listen, you, you got a lost husband up there. But here I am, a, a, a first fruit. Amen. I'm one of the first, one of the first fruits right here. And I'm showing you that God can save a lost husband. And we're waving it before the world that the prodigals will come home. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Amen. It's a way before the world that God can take a man or a woman that's lost in sin and turn their lives around and wave them in their community. Amen. Showing Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Brother Bradham would talk this and he would use this terminology. Now, we know 2,000 years ago, it was the groom coming of Christ. And we're not looking for Jesus to come walking down among us or taking a seat in our pews or walking beside us on some dusty road or a man dressed in sandals and, and, and walking among us like that. No, we, we, we meet him in the air. In this coming, amen, it's more of a going away than it is a coming. Though it is a coming. Because we meet halfway like Isaac met Rebecca in the field. And then took her to her home. So God meets us here. Jesus meets us here. And so it, again, it is the coming of the Lord. But I want you to understand, it's more than the coming of the physical man, Jesus. It is, in Brother Branham's terminology, in the bride coming of Christ. Coming out of the church in the last day, there is to be a sheaf waved again in the last days. And then he says, and for the first time there will come forth for the bride age, for a resurrection out of dark denominationalism will be a message that the full maturity of the word has turned back in power and is being waved over the people by the same signs and wonders that he did back there. The word which he was was waved back to them on the day of Pentecost. The word made manifest. So Brother Branham again says, but in the bright age, right here in this last date, in the bride coming of Christ, because he came as groom 2,000 years ago, but how he's coming in this age is first he'll be manifested in bride form in his fullness, in a mature form. For the marriage of the Lamb has come. And you don't marry an infant. But a mature elect lady. That's why I was preaching about adoption last Sunday because this is a mature age. It is a maturing message. It is a perfecting message. It is an adopting message. It is placing you in the body of Christ. Amen. As with authority and with power. 
And that's what I want you to understand this message does for you. It places you in a position of power, a position of authority. Amen. That said, tells you Satan is under your feet. Whatever you bind, I'll bind it. Whatever you lose, I'll lose. Amen. You use my name. Come on. Amen. Whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. Amen. What is it? It's the Son acting in the Father's name. And that's what happens in the bride coming of Christ. It ain't less power, it's more power. It's the same Jesus in a multiplied form. Are you with me? Now, then he would say, and now as I say, and I'm just reading these snippets, and now as I say, it's to be waved again at the last day. So we, let me just go back over some of these. It's to be waved again, we realize, in the last days, according to Luke 17, 30. In the bride coming of Christ, coming out of the church, to be a sheaf waved again in the last days. Then he says, for the bride age, for resurrection, out of dark denominationalism will be a message that the full maturity of the word is turned back in its full power and is being waved over the people by the same signs and wonders that he did back there. The word which he was was waved back to them on the day of Pentecost. The word made manifest. And now I say, it is to be waved again in the last days. So now how can there be the waving of the sheep unless we are at the harvest of all harvest. Come on. How can there be a waving of the sheep if this is not another Pentecost? And if so, then the day of Pentecost has fully come. It has been in types before us. Amen. It has been typed out there on Mount Sinai 50 days after the Passover and the law comes down and written upon stone. It would be typed out again 50 days after the Passover. There the Holy Spirit comes to write the word in hearts. But there comes a time where it's no more the type anymore. Are you with me? Amen. The day of Pentecost has fully come. And it must be the Pentecost of all Pentecost. Amen. It must be the Jubilee of all Jubilees. Then this requires that the liens or the debts on the book be paid. So that every slave can go free. And this requires that the lamb began to take the book and loose the seals. And remove the liens or remove the debts. Remove the things that kept us from going into complete liberty. Remember, it could not, it, nobody could go into liberty until the day of, of the Jubilee. And then, so ever debt, if you went into debt, you sold your property, it was, it was sold until the day of Jubilee. So if you're 30 years into that 50th year, then it's only 20 years that it's in, that it's in, it kept in. And so, you know, but at the, when it's Jubilee, then it is time that everything go free. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you realize then the things that 
you have been looking for, you are here in that day and time where the Jubilee trumpet is sounding, saying that you can have salvation. Not just a little bit like Luther had, or sanctification like Wesley had, or a tongue like Pentecost had, but the fullness of the Holy Ghost returned back in the fullness of its power. Amen. Amen. Because why? With the Word comes an experience. With the Word comes a power. Remember this, when you come back to true doctrine, you come back to the same doctrine of Jesus. And when Jesus' doctrine, it always was accompanied with signs and wonders. Never speak a man like this man. Amen. Never have we heard a word like this. Never has a, what manner of word is this? For he speaks not as a scribe, not as a theologian. Come on now. The message wasn't come to make us theologians. The message was come to give us a power and an authority. For the words he speaks are with authority. For with authority he commands his spirits and they obey him. Sickness and disease are subject to him. Amen. If that was done in the groom, what must be done in the bride? Because there should be a chief waved. Come on. In the end time. So this requires it, as I was saying, that the liens of the debts on the book be paid and every slave can go free. Every land that has been held in bondage, whether it's the land of healing, the land of miracles, the land of signs and wonders, the land of predestination, the land of eternal security, the land, whatever it is, whatever part, every portion is released. When the book is open, it's all released. This is why Brother Brandon would tell us in the Feast of the Trumpets that denomination has bound the movement of the Holy Spirit for these 2,000 years, but it's being unloosed. It's being released by the end time message. Hallelujah. When we preach this message in the right way, it'll release healing to you. It'll release deliverance to you. It'll release salvation to your loved ones. It won't take it away. It'll release it. Now, this is a fulfillment of all types. Let's just talk about it for a minute. The Feast of Unleavened Bread was seven days without leaven. This would type seven church ages where we were to have been fed the pure word of God. It's again that Passover that the blood must be applied. The token which is the Holy Ghost. It is the jubilee where every slave can go free. It is the last of the seven weeks of the Feast of Weeks. The the barley harvest of the Old Testament was finished. And here, seven churches later, the harvest begins as a sheaf is weighed. Now, following the pattern, it's not just going to bring a resurrection out of dark denominationalism back to the Word again. But it's going to do more than that. It's going to raise the dead of seven ages. This is the complete jubilee that those who are just ashes 
are just crumbs that you can't even find a, a microscope of their body worth. It doesn't matter. He'll create again. And they'll stand again from the seven ages. You have been asked to believe things that is more than just healing a cancer. Just more than healing a heart trouble. You have been asked to believe that God in our generation will take an old man or woman and restore them back to youth again and take the dead out of seven ages and rise them again. Change in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. The bride will be waved as the first fruit. The bride age for the resurrection out of dark denominationalism will be a message. This is a jubilee message. And the jubilee message says, that the full maturity of the word, what's adoption? Full maturity, that's what adoption is, full maturity. The full maturity of the word has turned again in its full power and being waved over the people by the same signs and wonders that he did back there. So again, those that are resurrected out of the dark denominationalism, they will be waved at as, as a sheaf that the full maturity of the word, listen, it's a message. Are you with me? You want to think a message. You want to think 1,100 tapes. You want to think a bunch of books. You want to think about a bunch of writings. That's not the message. You are the message. Are you hearing me? That's not the word. You are the word. In all reality, this Bible is not the word. You are the word. Amen. This is on print, the word of God. But you are in flesh. The word of God. And God has his word to be on flesh in our day and hour. That's why at Pentecost, it was not written on stone. It was written in the heart. It was a change in nature. And this bride is the first fruit. It's the first ones that broke off the yoke of Luther, Wesley, Pentecost, Catholicism, all the tombs. Come on, amen, all the tombs, you broke free of them. Hallelujah, and you're, you're not dead. I mean, some of you are acting like you're dead, but I'm reminding you, you're not dead. Yeah. Amen, but you're alive. Yeah. Amen, and you've got the keys to hell and of death. You've got the keys to Satan's Eden. You've got the keys to all of this hell around us. You've got the key of promise to walk into your victory. Because you have risen with him. And it's waved in the people with the same signs and wonders he did back there. Forget about, forget about impersonating a prophet. Forget about, oh, Brother Tim, you're, you're, trying, to, you're, you're trying to take Brother Branham's place. and You're having prayer line. And you're trying to take his place. Forget about taking his place. Amen. We, I'm not even worried about taking his place. I'm looking back to, to John 14, 12. The works that I do, shall you do 
also and greater than these shall you do. I'm looking back to Mark 16 and these signs shall follow them that believe and they'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I'm not even concerned about impersonating a messenger. I say, let us be the same Christ that went down 2,000 years ago and triumph and now bring that same Christ into your life and triumph again. Triumph again. Go show my disciples. I'm not a dead creed, but I'm alive. Oh my, this is a message. And the message is, the word is back in his full power. The message is, it has everything it always had. If it had tongues in, it has tongues now. Had signs then, it has signs now. Had miracles then, it has miracles now. It has changed lives then, it has changed lives now. It's the rising of the sun. It's the dispelling of darkness. Brother Branham would say of this, quoting the scripture, because I live, you live also, speaking to his wife. There again, it's not, it's not about mimicking or impersonating. Oh, oh you know, that, that, that's his job. I don't want to take Brother Branham's job. I'll never try to be the seventh messenger. Neither should you. Amen. But we can be Jesus, who is greater than the seventh messenger. Come on. Amen. Because I live, you live also. Speaking to his wife, because I live, you live also. What a resurrection that was. And what a resurrection this is. To be quickened from the dead, to made, be made alive in Christ Jesus by God's quickening power. He was waved to them the word, which he was. He was waved to the, back to them on the day of Pentecost. The word made manifest. And now I say, it's to be a waved again in this last day. We have an abstract of title. That has given us an open book. What was closed, what had been hidden, what was veiled from other ages is now open to us. The land is yours. Hello. The covenant is the deed to it. But the enemy that possesses it and his claims to you must be stricken off. Now, I want to bring this down for every believer today. For every believer, they receive the word of promise of an, of an inheritance. But then every claim against you as a believer must be stricken off. And I want to say that you must have more than a deed. Anyone can pick up a Bible and say, I have a title. Amen. These promises are mine. But you as an individual must have the Holy Spirit, which is the abstract of title. And he is the guarantee of your rights to every promise. Now, an abstract of title is where the deed has been searched and all claims against 
It has been settled. And that's what the Holy Ghost when he does when he comes to your life. He comes down and he searches out everything in your life. And he clears out the deed. All the claims. Come on, somebody. All the claims that the devil had against you. Your past. Amen. Your habits. The world. Sin. Every claim the devil had on you. When the Holy Ghost comes, he cancels the debt. He pays the debt. And he gives you an abstract. He gives you a seal saying, I have examined the title. And I've examined his title. And his title is clear. His name is in the book. But not only is his name in the book, every promise in the book is his. Hallelujah. They are heir to every promise. And the Holy Ghost is the abstract that clears your deed, that wipes away your past, that cleanses you of every false doctrine, of everything that would hold you back. It's been cleared by the blood of the Lamb. Every man was born in sin. Satan had claims against them. But when they believed the Lord and believed on him, they had the deed. But when they received the Holy Ghost, it was the abstract to the deed. Showing that everything against them is struck off. We'd like to just share with you some of this from the Easter seal. And bear with me as we go through this. But he said, when they went up to Pentecost, there they received the quickening power. The power that made them alive. Now that's where I think you Presbyterian and Methodist brethren, you do receive potentially on believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. But the abstract hasn't come yet. That's the clearing of the deed. God gave Abraham a promise. Abraham believed God. It was imputed to him for righteousness. But he He sealed the covenant by the seal of circumcision. And God gives you a promise potentially that you will receive it, that you're going to to be raised up and this body's going to be glorified with him at the end time. But you see, you have to get a clearance on that deed. And the clearance is when everything against it is struck off. Amen. And you've got the abstract to us. You got the seal. It is yours. Everything on it belongs to you. And when we believe on Jesus Christ for our Savior and repent and are baptized and come up to believe him, God recognizes our repentance and our faith toward him and sends down the abstract. And the abstract is the assurance. It is a guarantee that everything that was ever held against you, you've thoroughly repented, hallelujah, and the property is bought and you hold the abstract for the assurance. Let somebody then try to put you off the land and say he belongs. You have the abstract in your hand. Let him try to do it. There ain't a law in the land that can do it because you hold the abstract. And there's no devil, no church, any theology can ever overstep the boundaries of God's proof of abstract that the baptism 
baptism of the Holy Ghost has recognized us in Jesus Christ. And we're sure to raise as he raised because potentially we're already raised with him. In the old things, what does it do to your mortal bodies? It turns our opinion. It changes our notions. It sets our affections on things that are above. And the smoking, the drinking, the gambling, the things you used to do is dead. And it's beneath you. And you are quickened. And this quickening power brings your body into a raptured condition. In other words, it cleanses you from sin and you're ready for the rapture. Amen. I want you to know by the coming of the Holy Ghost in your life, the token, it made you rapture ready. We don't have to do a week's prayer meeting to be ready because COVID-19 is in the air. The Holy Ghost has already sealed us to the day of redemption. Hallelujah. Amen. And we know who we are. Oh, he said there on the day of Pentecost, when those Pentecostal group up there on the day of Pentecost received their abstract deed, it glorified their souls. They screamed. They saw tongues of fire separated upon each of them. And it so quickened their body till they couldn't even speak in an earthly language anymore. It quickened their body to a heavenly language. The place that they're going to. The quickening power shook their mortal bodies so that their entire mortal language was transfigured or transformed into a immortal language. What a quickening power. Amen. Something that belongs. And if the spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in your mortal body, it shall also quicken your mortal bodies. We are quickened then by the power of the living God. Tongues. Oh, we don't want them today. But tongues quickened to a heavenly language to speak to them, a rapturing up. Hallelujah. Raising up into a different atmosphere than what they'd ever lived in. You know what happened to you when the Holy Ghost came? It raptured you up into a dimension that you had never lived in before. Hallelujah. An atmosphere that you had never, ever lived in before. And when the new quickening light to them that come in them, it quickened their language. They spoke in new tongues. Oh, yes. Now, watch this. It's also designed to give them, after this abstract, it's designed to give them every promise that is on the grounds. Amen. It's designed, the coming of the Holy Ghost gives you access to every promise on the grounds. Amen. Every promise on the grounds of God's word, this promise in the Bible, that quickening power was given to them to quicken that promise to them. Therefore, they laid hands on the sick and they were healed. They spoke in new tongues. They done great signs and wonders because that was in God's promise. And when Jesus died to redeem that back to them, the crowns that belonged to the sons of God, he demonstrated what God was. Jesus demonstrated the grounds we are to walk on. Hallelujah. Amen. There ought to be a church that rises and says, we're going to do what Jesus did. Amen. If Jesus casts out devils, we're going to cast out devils. Amen. If he healed the sick, we're going to heal the sick. If he he brought forgiveness of sin, we're going to bring forgiveness of sin. If he brought mercy and compassion,
said, we're going to bring mercy and compassion. Whatever Jesus did, we're going to do it. Because he said, the works that I do, you're going to do also. And greater than these shall you do, because I go to my Father. Therefore, they laid hands on the sick. They were healed. They spoke with new tongues. They did great signs and wonders because that was in God's promises. And when Jesus died to redeem that back to them, the grounds that belonged to the sons of God, he demonstrated what God was. If you want to look and see what you're to be in this last day, go back and look at Jesus. How dare he said we try to socialize that and put it in an organization. We have no rights to do that. It's the Holy Spirit today hunting out honest hearts that will believe the message. And everything in the Bible that was promised is to that believer. And when you accept it in its fullness and God knows you'll do it, he gives you the abstract to that. And then every promise that is made is in your possession. And the Holy Spirit is there to quicken that to you. He says, oh, what kind of people ought we to be? See, how wonderful to see it, God's great Holy Spirit here to do that power. Think of it, when the Holy Ghost is self here to bear record of this hour. Jesus said so. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. How dare any man to wipe that out of there. The works that I do shall you do also, John 14, 12. These signs shall follow them that believe. That is the, the assurance. And when we see a group of people Amen. Manifesting themselves. That is the assurance that the abstract is there to vindicate that that is the prophets, the property of God. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, when we see it in a group of people, when we see the Holy Spirit moving, when we see him in our worship, when we see lives have been changed, when we see the sick has been healed, when we see the cancer has been repulsed, when we see that brain bleeds have faded away, when we see that crippled children walk. Hallelujah, that's the assurance, the abstract is there to vindicate that is the property of God. Hallelujah, I wanna put the devil on notice today. We are God's property. Satan, you gotta take your hand off of God's property. And furthermore, every promise in this word is God's property. And every debt against us has been paid, and we are the redeemed. And Satan, you gotta get your dirty self off of our property. Because we are in an Easter. We are in a time of resurrection. Amen. We are in a time that the suffer stands and be healed. We are in a time that he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And there's a people beginning to realize, I am that resurrection promised in this last day. It has begun with me. I'm the first fruit of it. Unless we raise from the dead... Out of dark denominationalism, there would be no hope for the resurrection of the ages. So God made you a first fruit. That you could experience the exact same experience that came down on the day of Pentecost. That you too could have that same Pentecostal experience 
where the word no more is in books and tapes and on tablets of stone, but it's taken and written in your nature. Changes your thinkings and your, your affections. Puts them on things above. So he said, we are Easter also. We are now in our Easter. Little bride, I'm trying to tell you something. Around the world, we are in an Easter. This is resurrection hour. Hallelujah, you cannot have that harvest unless there's a first fruit. And you're it. And God waves his people in this generation. Oh no, when Jesus was waved, there before them showed I am alive, I'm not dead. Called Mary Magdalene by name, Mary. It wasn't a public show. It wasn't a worldwide sweeping thing, come on. It was an appearing to the elect. And that's what he does in this last day. In this time, he appears to the elect. And he shows you, you're not dead. You're not dead in sins and trespasses. You're not dead in cold cold creeds and denominationalism. You are alive. And I'm going to show you're alive. I'm going to demonstrate it in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Notice, notice this. Brother Branham calls this a Pentecostal experience. You must experience Pentecost. Pentecost was the waving of the sheep. You must experience Pentecost. He's clear about this. Pentecost is not an organization. It is an experience. And it's one you must experience. You see, they waited in the upper room and 120 collectively received it. And then 3,000 souls were added. But with the Gentiles, they received it individually at the house of Cornelius and other places throughout the book of Acts. So you're not looking for, oh, 120 of us or 3,000 or this or that and and big crowds and so on and and, and one big outpouring. It's God moving and meeting an individual here. Having an experience with Cornelius here. Amen. There or with these over here. A little group over in Ephesians or Ephesus over here and over there and over there. Every one of you at separate times. Amen. Receive at your Pentecost. Hallelujah. And if you ain't received it yet, the promise is to you and to our children and to them that are far off and in as many as the Lord our God shall call. And he's still calling. Hallelujah. Doors ain't closed yet. Hallelujah. In fact, the book has been opened and it's calling all the names. So it's not shutting them off. It's calling the names. The same Holy Ghost that fell there in the type on the day of Pentecost and gave the church a clear deed then. It must come and give you clearance if you're going in the rapture. Let me share from you 
It is the rising of the sun. Brother Branham says, like the Pentecostal experience today, and the coming of the Holy Ghost in the last days is promised, is like the abstract to a title deed. So those of you that don't want Pentecost, I don't know what you're going to do. Because this is the true Pentecost. You see, he would tell us and it is the restoration of the bride tree that he said, you know, the first day Jesus is dead in the tomb, Luther. Second day he's dead in the tomb, Wesley. Because why? He was killed on a Roman tree in, in, in the times of the, of the Dark Ages. And now it starts coming up. He said, still more dead forms, and still more dead forms, and so on. And he said, then, he says, it comes to this last age, and he said, first, there's a rumor that he's alive. <laughs> that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this is what Azusa Street was. They were a rumor. They were a rumor that something was happening. But then he appears. And it's no longer a rumor. Hallelujah. But it's his appearing. And where does he appear? In bright form. Hallelujah. Are you with me now? Amen. You say, Brother Tim, we're not Azusa Street. No, we're not the rumor. We're the appearing. And there's a difference between the rumor and the appearing. Amen. And we are here to be waved as a sheep in the last days, saying, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still filled with the Holy Ghost. His power is still the same. His healing is still the same. His miracles is still the same. His life-changing power is still the same. So like the Pentecostal experience today and the coming of the Holy Ghost in this last day is promised, it is like an abstract to the title deed. You can get a title. You can get a title to a place, but that still don't say it belongs to you, no, sir. Somebody way back yonder could come and put a claim on it. No, sir. But when you get an abstract that shows that, er, that everything that was ever struck off plumbed back to the foundation. Everything that's been against it struck off plumbed back to the foundation. And when a man said that he believes the word, and then when the Holy Spirit comes, it is the abstract to the title. Now, there's a lot of people going around today Brother Tim, we got the Holy Ghost because we believe the message. No, you've got a, a deed, you've got a title, but there's still claims. That's why there's still the smoking, the drinking, the pornography, the secret sinning, the adulteries that's all going on in message churches. Are you with me? Amen. Because they got a deed, they believed on the Lord, and they got a deed, but the debt hasn't been paid and Satan still got a claim how many how many people around the world today Satan still got a claim on their life they claim the message I've been baptized in Jesus name I've done this I've done that but Satan still got a claim on them 
there's still sin, unbelief, darkness. Amen. You say, Brother Tim, does that mean your flesh is perfected? Never. My flesh isn't perfected until my body's changed. But what does it mean? My my flesh is brought under subjection to the Holy Ghost. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. So when, the, when a man who says he believes the word, which is where a lot of people are, and then he said when the Holy Spirit comes, it gives an abstract to the title. And it gives you permission when you have that abstract that every bit of that belongs to you and everything on it belongs to you. And that gives us the abstract. When the Holy Ghost comes upon this title deed that God saw before the foundation of the world and put a name in the book of life, but was born through a man and a woman and subject to sin and guilty of sin, but when I believed it, when I believed on it, I received the deed. But when the Holy Ghost came, it was the abstract that everything against me, whether my mother done it, my father done it, my grandmother done it like the little epileptic child I prayed for a few minutes ago that come through down through the grandparents the epilepsy fell down upon the child but when the abstract has come it struck off and omitted everything and I am an abstract holder then and as sure as the spirit that raised up Christ from the dead, I have an abstract deed that I'm a part of that body with the abstract of the Holy Ghost making the body of the word live out just exactly like it did in him as he promised in the last days, the abstract. And all my sins are struck out. And all your sins are struck out by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the Holy Ghost has come as an abstract to the title deed that God gave me by grace, by foreknowledge. So he says, what are you scared about? No wonder he said, fear not, I am he that was dead and am alive again and alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and hell. Don't worry about nothing. Even death ain't going to hurt you. Amen. Why no fear? Because we're in the land. With every other claim against us knocked off. When the book was sealed by claims against us. Are you with me? The Bible is our title. But the Holy Ghost is our abstract. Amen. Which throws out the squatter. When Satan like a Goliath comes on your land and claims your property, the Holy Ghost is your token. Amen. Your sign that the lamb has took your place and everything against you is struck off. So Goliath, we're throwing you off the land. Hallelujah. You show him your token. Is somebody with me? Amen. Brother Brandon would tell this over and over again. Show him your token. Amen. It's time to display the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. In our services, it's time to display the Holy Ghost. Amen. When we have the set, it's time to display the token, the Holy Ghost. Amen. When we face the situation, it's time to display the Holy Ghost. This is a time of the sheep wave where the bride must be on display. So show him your token. It's an abstract. Now watch this. And don't let your heart be troubled. I'm going to read this and read it carefully. Full now. Watch. Fully now. Fully obedience to the whole word of God entitles us to the token. Full obedience to the whole word of God entitles you to the token. Well, I, I, I tell you this. Am I dressed right? Am I looking, looking right? Am I doing this right? Am I, am I conducting this all right? You know, I, I, I got to have the token. So how do you do this? Let me read it again. This is from another quotation. Full obedience to the whole word of God, to God's entire word, will entitle you this token. You're even asking, how am I going to obey it all and I don't even have the Holy Ghost empower me? And I got, you know, how in the world are we going to do this? I got your attention, Donna. You know, Israel had to obey the message of the prophet. Had to take a lamb, slay the lamb, apply the blood, get the leaven out, cook the lamb with fire, eat the lamb and the unleavened bread. Eat it with yourself arrayed with your garments, your staff in your hand. And this entitled them to a token so that the death angel would pass over their house. They had to fully obey the word of God to be entitled to the token. That was back then. And the death angel was coming. It's very important that we know how to do this. So how do you do it? Here's the way I'm quoting Brother Branham again. How do you do it? Peter said, on the day of Pentecost, repent every one of you and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the token for the promises unto you and to your children and to them that's far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So when I accept God's lamb and I completely surrender my will, then I am entitled to the token. Get it out of your head. Amen. Of keeping a bunch of laws of do's and don'ts. It's not keeping laws and do's. Show me what to do. Tell me how I dress. Tell me how I wear my clothes. Tell me how I wear my hair. Tell me how you know, should, should a woman wear pajamas? Should this happen to her? Do one thing. Repent. Surrender your will to God. Die out to sin. Be buried in his name. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That entitles you to the token. So everyone that will repent. Everyone who will surrender their life. Every one of them are entitled 
to the token. Are you with me now? And the token there is the free pass. The death angel must pass over. So Brother Brandon said, then when we pray, you want to know how to pray? We got to want to know how to pray. We're not just saying, we're not just going to be facing a lot of these new diseases that are coming and problems in this last day. Well, we've heard of all kinds already before. SARS and Ebola and swine flu. I lived through it, didn't you? When we saw swine flu. When we saw pigs fly. I lived through it, didn't you? Do you get that, Brother Al? But notice, you know, he shaves his head to keep his bond root from showing. He's my buddy. I can pick on him. So, but now we're going to face a lot of things. Some of you may even face this COVID-19. Or whatever. So we got to know how to pray. Some of you today, under the sound of my voice, you're facing cancer. You're facing other situations that's just as bad. There are situations right here among us where there's some real needs. We got to know how to pray. When we pray, we must have our token. That's our abstract, clear deed, our claim to the promise to present with our prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you with me? You say, oh, Lord, I pray, but really I haven't. Well, you might as well don't just, well, stop, go ahead first, go get the token, because it's that token is what he'll recognize. That's right. Yes, sir. When we pray, then we must present the token. Lord, I have obeyed you fully. Amen. I've repented of my sins. I feel you have forgiven me. Don't do any good unless you accept that forgiveness. I have been baptized into the name of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is upon me. Now I have need of a certain thing for your glory. Lord, I ask for it. It's mine now. Hallelujah. Why? You are presenting your token with your prayer. Amen. That I have a right to ask for this. Satan has got on my land. Satan has attacked my family. Satan has come into church. Satan has brought his disease and afflictions. But I've got a right as a son of God to say, get off. Healing is my possession. Deliverance is my possession. The promise in the book is mine. And I've got a token, a clear deed to prove to you that you don't have a claim on my life. Therefore, whatever I ask in his name, I'm going to receive it. You've got to stand there in your position and say, I'm a blood-bought, blood-bought, blood son or daughter of the living God. I am redeemed. I know my position. I have the Holy Ghost. I am a child of God. I know who I am. Now, Satan, take your dirty hands off of my property. Hallelujah. You've got to square your shoulders back. Walk out there with your badge of authority, which is the name of Jesus Christ. And say, I come in his name, Satan. Now take your hands off of my brother. Take
take your hands off of my sister. Take your hands off of my child. Take your hands off of my husband. Take your hands off of the church. You cannot, you cannot hold on anymore. We got an abstract and we're calling all heavens. Amen. Jesus could have called 12 legions of angels. Somebody help me preach. Amen. That's, a, that's about, uh, that, that's nearly 80-something thousands of angels that he could have called. There that he could have called for, to his aid right then. He said, I could call them. So can you. Hallelujah. So can you. Amen. You got a need in your life, you can call. Heaven has to answer. Because you've got a claim to the property. You've got an abstract deed. Amen. It says it is yours. It has been cleared. Hallelujah. Amen. It means, now, now listen, Brother Brandon said you must be born again. It don't mean jump up and down at the altar. I don't mean walk back there and shake hands with the pastor. See, it's neither an intellectual conception or just some emotional workup. Some people want to focus on just, just, you know, you can't be emotional. It can't be sensation. Sensations yet with it, your prophet said. It isn't sensation, but sensations with it. It's an experience. Amen. Some, some want to do away with that. So he, he says, it don't mean jump up and down at the altar. There's your sensation. And it don't mean walk back there and shake hands with the pastor. That's your intellectual conception. People can't walk a balance. They either get over here into emotionalism or way over here in, into intellectualism. But just in case you're wondering... Your prophet told you it is better to err on the side of fanaticism than it is on intellectualism. He said, I would rather have wildfire than no fire. Amen. But he said, it doesn't mean come down the altar and jump up and down. It doesn't mean walk back there and shake hands with the pastor. It doesn't mean all this foolishness we've seen done. It doesn't mean putting your name on a church book. It means death to your first being, life to your second being. It means the blood has been applied and you're identified by the life of Jesus Christ. If he be the vine and we be the branches, the life that is in the branches also from the vine, it'll bear the fruit. And he said, when you got the token, it shows you have obeyed every word. What word was I required? Repent. Be baptized in his name. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the obedience that entitles you to the token. You say, well, I did that and I, I didn't get the Holy Ghost. Then go back and look at your repentance. Come on. Amen. Go back and look and make sure you surrendered your whole will to God. Make sure you died out to self. Make sure you died upon your altar as he died upon the cross. And that you are identified in his death. Because the problem isn't God. It's because there's some loose cannon in your life. Let me stop there just a minute. There was one time 
a man, he was called a cannoneer. He was on a ship. They had these big cannons. You know, many of them were, sometimes would be on wheels. This depends on the ship for its protections against pirates. They would be there, they would have them in one position, on one side of the boat. But they could be wheeled real quickly, or pretty quickly, just in minutes, to go face another ship on the other side. But you know, that, well, that cannon master, he had to make sure the cannon was secured. Because when the storms come, if it got loose, then that heavy several ton machine, the piece of equipment rolling back and forth across the deck would kill and maim men. And in the storms, if it wasn't fastened down, it could batter the sides until it broke through. It was very dangerous to have a loose cannon. And you've got to realize there are things in your life that God put there. And they're there, you know, they're, they're there. Let's just say passion for procreation. It is there. It's permitted by God. But it's got to be tied down by the Holy Spirit. Somebody with me? Amen. Because... There are going to be some trials that comes in your marriage. And you, you will lose uh, maybe some of the, the first love that you once had. And we must all work really hard to keep that first love that we have for our mates. Is somebody with me? But even, even there, if you're unmarried, it's got to be tied down by the Holy Ghost. Because there's going to be temptations at school. There's going to be temptations as close as your cell phone. And by the way, looking at pornography is adultery. You are guilty of committing adultery or fornication. It's exactly right. By looking upon a woman and lusting her after in your heart. It's sin. And there's going to have to be something that ties down that canon of passion. Amen. That can be useful in a marriage but can great, bring great harm to your family, destruct, even cause the boat to go down, divorces to happen, little children's homes split up. Your temper, your temper is another thing. You know, it's got to be tied down. We always say about temper, it's such a great thing, you should never lose it. Without it, you're a spineless weakling. I mean, you need a backbone, you need a strength, you need a temper, but you need a channel. You need it tied down. Amen. Because there's storms coming. Amen. Every one of you will face storms. You'll face storms when I don't face storms. But you'll face storms. I will face storms. And everything in your life has to be tied down. This is the same concept, Brother Branham, talking about the train car. And it being packed and inspected so that it doesn't break loose on the journey. And then a seal is put on it. Because it must reach its destination. So this wagon master or this cannon master, 
he was neglectful about his duties, a little bit slothful, a little bit lazy, didn't get his job done, not in time. The storms come and it broke loose. His fellow soldiers get killed, sailors get killed, others are maimed and crippled, they can't walk. They're in a horrible condition. Is somebody with me? Amen. Amen. Finally, the storm comes through, you know, and, and then they get it and calm. And they get the cannon back in place. But who walked the plank was the cannon master. He had caused all the damage because he had neglected to tie down the, the cannon. And let me just tell you, in your life, it's the same thing. We got things in our lives that has to be tied down and, and anchored by the Holy Ghost. And this is what the Holy Ghost does. It anchors you. It anchors those things in life so that when trials come, when temptations come, you, it is chained down. It doesn't move. Because every one of you, me, myself, every one of us, all of us are subject to temptations. We're subject to trials and storms. But something must hold you. Because if it breaks loose, it causes damage to the home, to the marriage, to the church, to your family, and to your God. It's important. The token, it shows you've obeyed every word. Then you and the word are one. And he says, then you're only asking for the thing that you are. Because I'm of the word, I am the word, then I'm only asking for what belongs to me. So if you say, hand, reach out for that handkerchief, it does it, see? Hand obeyed me. Why, it's a part of me. And when you and the word becomes one, every promise, glory to God, every promise is yours. It obeys you. But then you want to watch what you want to do. You wouldn't put your hand in a fire just to say, see me, to do it. No, no, there, there's something in that fire. I've got to reach for it. It'll obey me. That's right. See, you want to watch what you're doing, and that's why he's the Holy Spirit is giving out and things, um, uh, sparingly giving out and things. You know what I mean? Because you, you, a real servant of God doesn't show off with it, you see. That's making a show. But when we pray, we present the token. It shows we have fully obeyed. I'm being baptized in this token into the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12. Now we are subject to the gifts of the Spirit that's in there. The world don't believe in the in gifts. The church don't believe in gifts. But God's Word says there is gifts. And it takes only that token to identify those gifts. Absolutely. And in Him is all the fullness. And in Him is all the fullness of God and the fullness of the promise. And when we're baptized in Him, we have every promise that God made laid at our fingertips. We've heard it enough. Well, you know, divine healing is a minor, and you don't major on a minor. Well, let me tell you, you can't have the major without the minor. If you got the full gospel, you got it all. Amen. If the word is restored, say, well, Brother Tim, when that which is perfect has come, that which is in part is done away with. That's right. 
When the perfect word comes, then just having part is done away with. We're not in an age and a time where we just have part of it. We have every part of the word. We have every promise of the word. We have every healing the scripture that's in the word. Come on. We have every gift in the body. Everything is ours. Because the day of having part is done away with. Amen. Even the part of being a child and jumping up and down and trying to speak in tongues is over with. But real tongues ain't over with. And the real Holy Ghost ain't over with. But you see, what we're talking about in this day is that ecclesiastical spirit that wants to take away the movement of the spirit and bind the Holy Ghost. And that's where the death angel is in the land. And that's where we got to realize, friend, churches are dying and they are closed. It's not just store closings. Somebody help me preach now. It's churches that are drying up and dying on the vine because they didn't go and get the Holy Ghost. And the death angel is coming through with the, with the doors of creeds and dogmas and sealing away and shutting away the movement of the Holy Ghost. But it's been released back to us by the evening time message. Amen. That the Holy Ghost is no longer bound anymore. It's, it's the time of freedom. It's the jubilee. It's the Pentecost. It's the waving of the sheep. It's the time to display the token. Listen. Sickness can't stay in his presence. If Satan puts them in your hands and tries to tempt you into something, you hold your token in your hands. And show it you are a redeemed product of Jesus Christ. Let your unadulterated faith wave that token there saying, I am a product that Jesus Christ bought. Amen. And sickness flees. Amen. How in the world? What? I mean, they don't have a vaccine for this stuff. They, you don't have any, you know, immunity in your body for this stuff. You've never developed an antibody for this stuff. But you've got a token. Wave that in the face of Satan. Hallelujah. That I am the redeemed son or daughter of the living God. And sickness has got to flee. Because in the name of Jesus. Amen. We'll withstand every disease and every sickness. And we'll stand there on the word of God and see it prevail. Hallelujah. I'm talking to a church that will prevail. I'm talking to a church that's on display. I'm talking to a body of believers around the world that is, believes that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, what made that big tumor disappear in my wife yesterday? Just a few days ago, she's ready for the operating table. Now they can't find one thing. It isn't that sickness don't strike. It's that we got a word to repulse it. Amen. Oh, yes. It's because of the power, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the token that he still lives, that destroyed it. What does these things happen? It's because God promised it, and your product hold the token in your unwavering faith in his promised word. If Satan tries to hand you some of this stuff like sickness, you know what to do. Get out my bottle of oregano. <laughs> Go to the herb doctor. Doctors don't have cure for it. Well, what do we do? 
Show him your token. I am a purchased product. My healing has been paid for. I'm a product of God because I have the token of the Holy Ghost. You can't keep me off of this highway. You can't keep me from my health. I present the token and show you by his stripes I was healed. Here is the resurrection of Jesus Christ right now in me to prove it to you. Oh, there's a real thing. There's the token. And it don't just happen for preachers. It's still Jesus Christ the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Forgive me if I don't recount this right and completely right. A lot of times when you're speaking off the cuff, you get details wrong. But you'll get the gist of it. Sister Eileen Walner, she's here. God bless you, the Walners. They took us down through life's journey the other day. Amen. We enjoyed that. Sister Kathy, your brother took me down your life's journey. I found out where you learned to talk. (laughs) He taught you well. But nevertheless, as they took me down life's journey, they took me back to where they were in a colony of the Hutterites. How the Holy Spirit moved in their midst. How the message brought to them and they seen that there was a living God, that the word would work. And the word would change lives, transform you. And the message got to them. It'll reach anywhere. It's going to find you. You can run, but you can't hide. The Holy Ghost is on your trail. Amen. Some of you mothers have been talking to me about your children and what's going on with them and the struggles that they're having, the troubles that they're in. Just let me tell you, you see, they're getting all nervous and scared and, and, and worried and, and going through all of these things because goodness and mercy is on their trail and about to catch up with them. Yes. Hallelujah. We can believe that, can we? goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. It will overtake you. It will run after you. It will find you. He will not lose a one of his. Sister Eileen was telling us about their baby was born. God brought him through some very, very difficult things. I won't tell it all, but he had a very matted eye. No tear ducts. They couldn't find a tear duct in the baby. Said they'll have to go in there and do a surgery and figure out somehow to develop a duct, bring it down. Oh, where his eyes? His eyes would just get clouded over and matted green. It's a ruin your dinner, but it's like snot right in your eyes. Clothes and swollen as shut. They talked about going to a meeting where there was a sister dying with cancer and Brother Bisco called a prayer meeting said let's all pray and y'all pray while we pray just pray for this specific need don't pray for other needs but as she began to pray she said well my God's big enough 
He can do that need and do a need for my son too. My child's in need. While you're passing through, Lord, bring a healing. That's what I would do if I were you this morning. When you see God doing his work and bringing healing and deliverance, it's for me too, Lord. Don't pass me by. Come on, where is there a blind Bartimaeus that will say, Jesus, you're passing through. Don't let me miss it. This is my opportunity. Speak to me. Open up my eyes. Said there in the middle of the night, or in the in the night, there she was awakened. And there she saw the pillar of fire come into her room. And there it would come and it would hover over that baby. And as she did, she began to speak in another language, said, I'd never spoken tongues before, and I hadn't spoken tongues since, but I began to speak in an unknown tongue. And it just came out of me, a prophecy concerning the baby's healing. And there, when they got up in the next morning, that little, that little baby, she wiped away the crust and stuff from his eyes, but he never had another messy eye from that day on in a perfect tear day. say to you, he's not too busy to hear your hearts cry. You too can call him to on the scene. You too can say, I know you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, and my deed has been cleared, and I have the Holy Ghost, and I present it with my token. Now, devil, you get back in the name of Jesus Christ. I claim my inheritance. The book is open. The promise is mine, and I believe it. Hallelujah! Worship God, all you people. Worship God from the depths of your heart now. Thank you, Jesus. Is this not something that happens in the ministry? It happened right in your home, right where you are, right for your situation. Let the musicians come. Amen. He's not too busy to hear your hearts cry. You got a desire in your heart today. You thirst for the living God. You can have more than just an intellectual consumption. Conception. You can have more than just jumping up and down at an altar. And a little emotion, the very person of Jesus Christ can come in your life. Change you forever. Change you forever. <laughs> Don't let the devil hinder you. He come camped on your property. You tell him that your body is a redeemed body. It's been bought by the blood of Jesus. Oh, he didn't just buy your soul. He bought your body. Come on now. And he caused your body to turn heavenly. The things you used to do, you do them no more. It shows you the resurrection is on. That just as sure as he quickened your body to the word, and the sins you used to do, you do them no more. He'll quicken and train you in a moment, in a twinkle of eye. Invite him to come. Invite him to come. You can invite him to your seat. Don't shut him away by doors of creeds and dogmas. Don't seal him away. 
Don't push him back. Invite him. Invite him. Something worse than COVID-19 is coming in, in America. It's the death angel. Already it signs on you. Oh yeah, it'll manifest in every kind of ways. Maybe little things. Cutting the hair, short dresses, pants, makeup. It'll manifest itself in secret. Death angel, pornography, lukewarmness, coldness. It'll manifest itself in a lot of ways. It don't just have one face. It comes in many different ways, in many different forms. He knows your nature and exactly what will get you. Why don't you ask God this morning? Lord, bring me to full obedience to the word. Full obedience. Full obedience, a full submissive heart. Full surrendered life. That entitles me to the token. Change me in your presence. Listen, the devil wants to tell you it's not for you. It's for somebody else, but it's not really for you. I'm telling you, it is for you. It's the enemy. He comes and try to hold it over you like when you're just a young person. Maybe you're just reaching the age of accountability and he's been whispering in your ear already. It's not for you. Oh, wait a little longer. You know, you don't have to surrender right now. It's not really, you know, it's real for somebody else, but it ain't real for me. Don't believe that lie. The devil's lying to you. You start believing right now. It's for me. It's for me. I want that Holy Spirit in my life. I want that change. I want him to write that word in my life, my heart. I want it in my nature. I want to be different. He's passing by this moment. You'll hear your hearts cry. Maybe God allows things to come to interrupt your plans for a little bit. Make you sit aside just for a minute and just realize how fragile this life is. How quickly everything can be taken away from you. And the only thing is lasting is that which is eternal. Invite him to your life now, right now. Reach out and touch the Lord as he you're gonna find he's never too busy he'll hear your heart's cry and he's passed by this moment your needs out to him right now. Reach out. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Knock and it shall be open to you. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. For everyone that seeks and find him. Everyone that knocketh and opens. Just reach out. 
sister down at the altar with some of you other sisters like to come and pray with her as we just worship the Lord. Amen. He's passing by. And you will find he's not too busy to hear me. Hearts cry and he's passing.
like the eagle. Amen. Let's worship him today. 